You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns here, your host, Jeff Lloyd, as always, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, guys, the voice activated, the voice activated, you know, uh, intermittent, whether it's Alexa, Surrey, things of that nature, always ask the ladies, you know, fire it up, play me the latest episode of Locked On Browns. They will take care of that for you. Uh, we're going to get into this here tonight with Pete Smith. We're going to, you know, break down the conference foes, basically where they are, um, and, you know, stuff of that nature uh, before everybody. Look, guys, look, it's going to be a Saturday night. There's going to be some football coming here. The AAF, um, everybody seems to be so excited. Guys, I'm pretty sure this weekend's going to be dog crap. But look, either way, it's still football, and we'll see where this league takes us. Some interesting things. Uh, Pete, have you have you made out your, your picks? Have you written the article yet here on your AAF and where this season's going to go? Have you picked an MVP yet? No. Uh, Emery Hunt. Locking it down. I, That's the dude. I, That's the dude. Because you know, every, he, every knows every one of these dudes, not only on the field, but personally. Right. So, you know, I, I, I may, you know, sort of stumble on it. There are players that are kind of interesting that are in this league. Um, you know, it's fine. I, I mean, it, it would be great if the if there could be a legitimate farm system type thing and i know that's you know unpopular even among like players who did it like i years ago i talked to a guy who played in uh nfl europe and was really successful and even he was sort of like yeah so uh it could be great there are certain things that it would be great for particularly quarterback play uh there are just any number of quarterbacks who have need just need reps, um, and you know, the, say what you will. NFL Europe had a really nice track record on that front. Uh, you know, Jake Kurt Alone. Warner played in it. Jake, Jake Alone, Alone was obviously a really, really successful part of it. But you know, just an outlet to get those guys to be able to play, and then and then you know, you, you don't get you may not get superstars. Although obviously, Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer and deservedly so. But the NFL could use any number of just quality journeyman quarterbacks at this point because they're – I mean, look at what the Dolphins are about to do. I mean, who are we kidding? Like that becomes a problem where, you know, the the NBA and and, and Major League Baseball essentially have their farm league teams in in their leagues. And I – you know, as much as I love like the draft and everything else, and 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 the Browns have certainly tanked. I don't want the NFL to have like four teams every year where you can completely just say these teams are absolutely worthless. You could effectively blank them out of existence, and it wouldn't matter. Um, so maybe they can. You get some more quarterbacks, and you have less teams sort of immediately inclined to say, "Nope, we are we are not even going to try." Yeah, exactly. And, you, and you're telling your fan base that in February. So, you know, hey, guys, enjoy everything for the next 12 months where we're going to give no effort. I mean, but there are interesting names. Uh, you know, Christian Hackenberg should have never been a second-round pick, uh, but three years ago he was. Um, I'm going to wait for the – there's going to be that tweet out there. If he gets – he goes 8 for 10. Hey, well, maybe Christian Hackenberg and, – and this is where, guys, let's – everybody just slow your roll. Enjoy the fact that it's Saturday night and there's live football on. The rules are a little wonky, 
but you know, some of it's meant for you know. Look, I mean, if we're gonna do a minor league football game, let's do everything we can to make sure that guys are not gonna get beat up, broken down, and it'll be interesting for me. One of the things gonna be interesting is like you know, how quick you know is it gonna be almost like thud. I mean, are there going to be, you know, where's the whistle going to be on tackles, things of that nature? But look, I mean, hey, it's here. Uh, give it a run. Obviously, you got two games tonight. You got a four o'clock game tomorrow. You got an eight o'clock game tomorrow night on Sunday. It's something, guys. I mean, you know, and hey, it's here. You might as well give it a shot. Um, but we're going to do AFC North opponents, basically State of the Unions here. We're going to break them down in order. Obviously, Ravens won the division. You know, Steelers came in second. Bengals kicking up the rear. So we're going to break down each one of these teams here now, and we're going to basically put it at where they are now, obviously headed into combine, free agency, draft, all of that, etc. And we'll start it with the Baltimore Ravens, Pete. Look, um, I think the biggest thing that's going to come with this, um, all signs, obviously, that they're going to move on from Joe Flacco. Look, we talked about this with Lamar Jackson. We talked about this, Pete, when you started coming on shows way back in the fall of 17. you got to let Lamar Jackson try to be a quarterback. And we're going to see, and look, there's a lot of talk. Ravens are really interested in wide receiver. That's okay. But you've got to make this commitment. Look, you put a first-round pick into the kid. This Whatever you did to get yourself to the playoffs, it didn't work in the playoffs. And it's not going to work long-term, whether it's the you know the wildcat and all that nonsense. Just let the kids show whether or not he can be an NFL quarterback. Right. And it'll be fascinating to see how they sort of decide to build around him are they going to get guys that are like you know more based around the idea that he's a running quarterback or are they going to get guys that are more based around the idea that they want him to develop into a, a full-on passer like you know like the, the trade for Ty Montgomery made a lot of sense for what they wanted to do uh, last year, where they were basically saying, "Look, he's going to be more of a r- runner, we're dynamic run- running team," and then a guy like Ty Montgomery, who's more of a running back than he's ever been a receiver, um, could theoretically help them on that front. But you know, that was for part of one year in his rookie season. Are they going to now? What type of receivers do they want around him? Are they just going to load up on tight ends and try to be more run? Uh, and it, and it, whatever they want to do, you know, they have to find a real running back. And and God bless what they were able to do with guys like uh, Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards. Yeah, but but nobody's afraid of any of those guys. So you know, and this isn't a great draft class to do it in, but certainly there are going to be guys there. But they got to get something a little more dynamic, where you know somebody who's more threatening, even if it's just going to make you know Jackson more of a threat as a, uh, on the run. I think and, he'd be more of a threat as a run when everything broke down, and now you know it's just utter chaos. The design runs, you're going to kill the kid eventually. I mean, because you know, I mean, he doesn't have the frame that's going to put on a lot of weight. Um, we all know how well he runs the ball, but a lot of it's going to be like Randall, if it goes right, is a lot of it's going to be like Randall Cunningham-ish, where it's, all right, nothing's open, all right, now all hell's going to break loose. And I think that's where it succeeds, but I do agree, you need a guy that you can say, I mean, to use a Nick, you need a guy like Nick Chubb. We can give you 15 to 20 carries, we'll count on 80 to 100 yards. Yeah, uh, and, and that's a good, good question. So, like, 
God, you know, let's say he goes down with an injury, and let's assume they're going to resign Robert Griffin the third, or they sign a guy like Tyrod, or Tyrod makes a ton of sense going back there. Yeah, because so, now they're going back to something Tyrod. That's what he did. So let let's say he suffers a high ankle sprain in the game. You know, how do they make it through that game where they're actually reasonably dangerous? Somebody's got to be able to carry that load. Like if you're sitting there going to the end of the season next year, and Lamar Jackson's going to miss two weeks. And it's RG3, Gus Edwards, Alex Collins, Kenneth Dixon, and Buck Allen. I mean, that's that's a problem. So they've Take got the to answer that. The under. Right. So that's that's where that ends up. Is is what what do they want? And, and honestly, I, I you know with them and Buffalo, I you know as much as I want the Browns to beat the Ravens, and I, I definitely want them to do that. I am fascinated to sort of watch how they approach this and what sort of plan they have with this what 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 the offense what their offense looks like like for example john brown's a an unrestricted free agent i don't see him coming back he's not a good fit there no and, and the question is what is a good fit or what do they think is a good fit and that'll be i'll be honest fun. with you i'll give you a name tyrell williams because look lamar's accuracy isn't off the charts so you want these big tall play action guys that can get deep and hopefully, if it's a one-on-one situation, they can maybe come down with the ball. Well, and that's that's what Carolina did with Cam Newton. He, you know, was a was a you know an, a, you know ten percent of the time he was brilliant, but ninety percent of the time it was way too hit or miss. So they gave him a bunch of big targets with varying degrees of success. You know, do they go after a guy like Tyrell Williams? Do they go after a guy like Devin Funches? Do they go after those bigger guys? Uh, Nikhil, you know, Nikhil Harry would be in that mold. JJ Arcega Whiteside would be in that mold. Do they, you know, I think we're going to get a pretty clear picture pretty quickly where they're at, but either way, it should be interesting. Like Nikhil Harry is the one that sort of jumps out at you as a, you could easily see this being a Baltimore Ravens type pick. No, AFC North, you know, the sloppy catches. But, I mean, you're going to need the guys with the big catch radius. You're going to need the guys that can, you know, catch the contested ball. Because at this point right now, and, and, and you look at what Lamar succeeded with, it was the tight ends. That's what he succeeded with. Um, defensive side of the ball, look, uh, you know, C.J. Mosley, that's a big name there. Um, obviously, you know, uh, a couple other guys uh, with the kid from Kentucky, uh, the defensive tackle. It, it's going to be interesting because, you know, there's a lot of names here on this Baltimore defense and this is kind of going to be the bread and butter because you really don't know what you have in Lamar yet, but the defensive side of the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are in outstanding shape in the event that they re-sign C.J. Mosley, and I have every confidence they will. Uh, it, it, let's put it this way. In the event that they – and right now they're, they're like sending signals they're going to hard-ass him on the contract. Here's, let's look at their linebackers right now in a world where C.J. Mosley is not there. Chris Board – Barn, Barn Bradley, I don't know who that is. Kenny Young, he's an okay player. And then Patrick Unwasur is an okay player. Like, you take C.J. Mosley out of that, it's a mess. Defensive line-wise, they can afford to lose guys like, you know, Zadarius Smith. They can lose, afford to lose a Brent Urban. They've been drafting the hell out of defensive yep. linemen. And obviously, that you know, you saw that when they let Carl Davis go. And, 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 you know, he lit it up for the Browns last year for, like, the 31 reps he was on the field. Um, retiring his number. They are really well equipped defensive line wise. They have not been planning for a world after CJ Mosley. And this is a really, really good linebacker class. But 
defensively, he is their dude. Like, they've got a lot of nice players. Their safeties are terrific. They've got some really nice corners. But you take C.J. Mosley out of this, and it's a mess. So I, I'm planning on them having C.J. Mosley. I think it would it would be so anti-Ravens to basically screw this up. They've been too smart at this. So that's what I'm planning uh, on seeing. Now, defensive linemen, they're always going to – I mean, you obviously – They've made the move from uh, Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta. It's not like DaCosta hasn't been there, but he's going to be able to sort of put his own fingerprints on this team and, and take it in you know, a purely his own direction. He, he's going to be the guy making the calls. But I have to think, other than maybe not taking so many guys out of Alabama, uh, that, <laughs> that they're going to be largely what they've been. They're going to get a bunch of big defensive linemen. They're going to keep building from that standpoint but even just this past year you know they took a guy i really liked late in the draft and he stuck zach sealer uh and they let go you know we, we mentioned carl davis they also let go of uh the kid out of byu i really liked but they they sixth or seventh round for zach sealer but they have a, a a knack for that they obviously got patrick ricard out of Maine a couple years ago, another guy I really liked. I think he was as an undrafted free agent, and they double him as a fullback. Juden. Judon, I mean, he's a real defensive end. But, yeah, he's another guy who's been extremely successful. Um, and then it just becomes a question, are they going to take care of Terrell Suggs or, you know, who will be on 35th season of the league, or are they going to find somebody else, whether that's, Tyus Bowser, whether, you know, he's been there for a couple years and hasn't really popped yet, you know, and and this is sort of the Ravens and the Steelers are both in this mall where they have a guy sit there for a couple years and all of a sudden he comes out with eight sacks and you're going, what the hell? Um, So that's sort of where they're at. I think they're in really, really good position to stay great on defense, even if the names aren't as uh, obvious and, and they've been this way for a while. It's just a question of how they're going to sort of shuffle the deck at defensive line and keep everything going. I mean, so much, you know, again, Mosley stays. It really becomes a question of how are they going to, if nothing else, if if they're picking on defense, it's basically how is that defense going to assist the offense? And I think a lot of it's going to be that same mentality they had last year, really clamp down on the run, which they're really good at. Yep. Really try to slow down the game, which they're really good at, and just keep opponent out of the end zone. Like they're not certainly they create their own turnovers and stuff, but that's not really who they are. They are a team that just wants to stop you, and that's increasingly rare. But that's also what they really need. Um, and that's the thing, you know, they build the team to say, look, uh, you know, you're going to score twenty or less on us. We're going to beat you that way. And it's been the model there. I mean, it's been the model there there ever since they went to Baltimore. Um, so you know, that will continue to be the thing. Look, uh, C.J. Mosley, great name, great player. Um, if anybody, if any team in the NFL knows that, it's Baltimore. So it'd be foolish. And you know, they may say, "Oh, we're trying to lowball him this, that, and the other thing." They, they could not go a day without him. So anybody, yeah, if C.J. C.J. Mosley became available, yeah, it'd be great. He's not going to become available, guys. Right. Brown, so as a Browns fan, as a Browns fan, I'm sitting there sitting saying there, CJ, hold out, hold, get every down. You, you got can. it. You know, you I, get hey, it you all. Know St- hold out to Halloween. Hopefully, it at least cover <laughs> the first two division games. Um, here's the here's the Browns twist, though, guys. Um, any way you want to look at it, um, the Browns should have 
won both those games in 2018. Um, you know, Baker, obviously a couple of mistakes. Uh, if anybody learns from the mistakes, it's Baker Mayfield. Um, you would never have thought the way everything was humming. You would have had four downs inside the 50-yard line to get a field goal, and everything would have just went kaput. So as far as looking at this, Browns versus Ravens, one, you know, obviously the two games, obviously a lot of other games are going to affect it, but I feel good about it. I feel real good about it. Guys, uh, Locked On Browns here. Pete Smith breaking down AFC North, uh, you know, the state of the union of the other three opponents here within the division. iTunes rating reviews. Now's a great time to leave one, guys. Go ahead, jump on all over that for me. Now, this brings us, Pete, here, and look, you know, obviously it was the tie. Obviously it was the, and look, you know, I guess, you know, you take the L because you want to know what it finally said to everybody, okay, it's over. It's over, it's over, it's over. Get out. You grab your crap. Get out. You know what? Oh, did you tell me to get the F out of your office? Well, you want to know what? It's not your office. Uh, You know what? I'm going to laugh at you in three months where you're still looking for work. And guess what? Three months later, he's still looking for work. The Pittsburgh Steelers. um, Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not going to be there. Antonio Brown, I think if everything is right in Antonio Brown's world, he's not going to be there. Um, Ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, I'm probably about eight, nine years older. I think there's, I think I get out of bed easier than Ben Roethlisberger does. I think I have less pain on a day-to-day basis than Ben Roethlisberger does. I I will start here on the offensive side, Pete. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Well, I mean, I will give James James Conner, hell of a young player to this point. Um, I think Antonio Brown's going to be a Steeler. And the reason... I don't think anybody wants, because anybody who wants him is going to say, hey, how do you feel about pick 117 in the draft? And, and what are the Steelers going to do? I think the Steelers are handcuffed with him right now. There's a couple problems he has. And problem one, um, he's not going to be charged. Uh, the, the, if you read the police report stuff, um, basically they can't charge him because the the woman involved there's a domestic issue that he yes. has systemic back from January and you know he allegedly assaulted this woman but she basically said he, she was in his house you know without his permission so there's but a it's bad from an optic standpoint b the NFL can still suspend him um so that's problem 1 problem 2 Antonio Brown is submarining his own value. <laughs> Every time he tweets, at thirty-one, at thirty-one years old, if you're twenty-five, you can maybe get away with this. Not at thirty-one, he keeps doing things like on Twitter and stuff, where he, you know, he keeps dredging up things or picking picking fights with guys or what have you. That that it makes it very easy. Don't he's a phenomenal talent. There's no getting around this. He can make a team better. He's also a gigantic pain in your ass, um, and it's some. And, and there are teams that are interested, but the problem that's going to ha- happen is, is what you mentioned becomes price point. He is thirty-one. He has an enormous contract that's going. That's not. That's not a problem for the team that gets him. It's a problem for the Steelers. They have to eat. A, what is it? Eighteen or twenty-one million to get rid of him. So for a day three pick. For a pick that that they're not going to be happy about getting the way he keeps hurting himself. So this, I think he's going to end up being there and it's just going to be what it has been except everybody knows about it. 
it's been a a very unpleasant situation between Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger. And I, and I think right now I, I don't think he's a huge fan of Juju Smith Schuster because I mean here's a guy who you know rides his bike around town, shows up at hockey games, and basically put gives you almost well last year almost gave you the same production. He was better last year if we get down to brass tacks. Sure, uh, but the the other problem is if, if, if he may not like Juju Smith Schuster because right now Juju Smith Schuster seems to be the adult in the room, <laughs> and he's like twenty two. Right, like there's some interview where where basically he was on a show or something, and I'm sure somebody can look this up. But he said something. Somebody basically said that the Steelers, you know, are a drama filled mess or something. And he basically said something to the effect of, "That's not me. That's my team. (laughs) That's not like that's that's concerning." But so. And I think when we get past, you know, if when we get past Ben Roethlisberger, when he finally ret- retires, and this whole thing's mess, is is you know we've moved past this this era. We're going to talk about how many championships this team should have won, as versus to- what they should, what they actually yep. won, because and it's of the drama be, of Bell. Right, and it's going to be yep. all about this stuff. Like the talent was not a question. They should have been, you know, A, B, and C in terms of they they should have been a dynasty of sorts, and there's all these things going on. So that's just Antonio Brown. We haven't gotten to anyone else. They have to sign their left tackle. Uh, he the, – the problem with that is that Mike Munchak left, and he's regarded and not unfairly as one of the best offensive line coaches in the league – and no small part of that is the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best pass-protecting quarterbacks in the league. He makes his line imminently better. And if you're a Browns fan, this should be obvious as every time the Browns have, have, have put in uh, the backup quarterback in, in, in the meaningless Week 17 game, you know, the Browns suddenly beat the hell out of that guy uh, to a tune of a bunch of sacks where they can't get to Roethlisberger. This is no fluke. Uh yeah, Le'Veon Bell, I, I, you know, are they going to miss him? No, I mean, honestly, he's been gone so long now. It, it's almost like it, it's you know, it's almost like Deshaun thinking of Deshaun Kaiser as a quarterback of the Browns. It's like they so far past it now. It's not even a thing anymore. Well, it, it, it really it makes me think of Tyrod Taylor with the Browns. It's like it is that long ago. Yep. It feels like him playing for the Steelers just twenty years ago. And obviously, James Conner was was great. Um, so offensive line wise, they've got some issues to sort sort out, and it's really a question of how good are they going to be with a new offensive line coach, with the fact that they need to get this contract done, and some of those things. Skill wise, they're phenomenal. They are just great. Let you know if if, if you blank Antonio Brown out of existence, Juju Smith Schuster is great. I think James Washington is going to continue to get better. You know. They have guys, you know, and this is, you know, this is sort of what the Browns fans have gotten a taste of with Baker Mayfield is that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger with Justin Hunter, with Eli Rogers, with Darius Hayward Bay, with Ryan Switzer. You can put guys in and they will be productive. Will they be? Vance McDonald. Yeah, I think the tight ends are outstanding. Uh, But, I mean, just from a receiver standpoint, you can get production. But Vance McDonald who's had issues staying healthy, was outstanding for the Steelers this past year. Jesse James is very good. They've got Xavier Grimble, who makes a hell of a third tight end. Um, They're in great, great, great shape. 
from a skill standpoint. If if there's you know if they they run into a situation where like the Antonio Brown situation gets to a point where they actually can move him, or God forbid they actually get to a point where they just deactivate him. Yes, they could. They're they're the Steelers. They always draft receivers, but they will be fine. It's just a question of will they be, you know, dominant, prolific offense. I'm not sure, but I think for the most part, really all of your questions are going to be up front and can they maintain it? And and then lastly is, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Certainly he's still a very, very, very good quarterback. He's not where he has been. Um, you've seen, you know, this past year and the year before, you've seen him be more mortal than – than, than he ever has been. There have been a lot of costly interceptions in games. Um, you know, is, is that going to take another step? Or even if he just stays as good as he was this year, which is certainly great, you know, he's mortal. And if you're a team like the Browns, you can beat mortal Ben Roethlisberger. You had multiple opportunities to do it this year. You know, with your pass rush and everything else, you know, you you have the potential to sort of take that over. But he's still good enough to beat you. He's still, you know, and and obviously has. Uh, you you've still got to get over the the Ben Roethlisberger hump. But you know, certainly you know, they they have a great situation to potentially try to make that leap. It's just. The Steelers are, are are going to be a very you know a good competitive team. There may be more cracks. They may be a a, a potentially a, another another year where they're you know flirting with the playoff spot and may fall short. But they're going to be a tough out no matter what. So that's still where they're at offensively. Yeah, I mean the one thing you worry about them offensively, and it's not all the other guys. It's you know can Ben patch together another sixteen game season. You know even whatever happens with Antonio Brown. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, first round pick last year, man, was that a head scratcher. Um, Bud Dupree, who you know, unless he's facing guys like you know, Desmond Harrison, is a guy who's never really panned out. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> obviously, oh my God, I can't believe I'm losing. You know, Shazier, obviously, you know, as great as the story is, and everybody would love it. I don't think he's ever going to see, see a football field again. There's a lot here on the defensive side of the football, and I, you know that's I, I, that may be the bigger question mark in my opinion for the Steelers is is the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line wise, they're 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 just spoiled. I mean, Cameron Hayward is one of the best in the league. I, I would kill to have that guy. Like I hate the Steelers. I love Cam Hayward. He's just <laughs> such a fr- freaking terrific football player. Javon Hargrave is is a difficult player to deal with, um, and then Stephon Tuitt is great. I mean, they are great. They have covered up a lot of warts for the Steelers. I think depth-wise, they have more questions. Uh, Tyson Alu-Alu is fine, but he's, you know, I think he's going to be an unrestricted free agent again. Latarius Walton, you're not getting much out of there. And Daniel McCullers is a very specific situational player. Um, I think they need to keep filling in those. The bigger issue for me is linebacker. Uh, TJ Watt, you know, you, you will call him whatever you want, edge player, linebacker. He's very good. Bud Dupree, you mentioned, he's basically a jag. Uh, he's going to be in his option year. Um, he ain't getting that option. I mean, well, I don't know. he's not. But you know, this is this is this is his year. I mean, they they've decided they're not going to give it to him. Um, 
but he's still on. He's still. This is his year to prove it. It's it's put up or shut up. And I agree with you. I, I think he's largely a jag. Um, but you move inside, it's a mess. Vince Vince Williams, I think, is a a, a quality linebacker. John Bostic, no, he's not doing anything for you. Tyler Medikavich is fine as a backup special teams Limited. guy. He's not a guy you're ever going to count on as a starter. LJ Fort is a special teams guy. After that, it's nothing. So, you know, and obviously this dates back to Shazier and his 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 injury. But this is the main issue for the Steelers that they have to get some answers. Uh, the other issue that the Steelers have been battling for basically since Troy Polamalu retired is their secondary. Um, they don't know how to draft corners. They they have never been very good at it uh joe hayden is their best corner joe hayden would be about the fourth corner on the browns and you know you get him on enough you know primetime games people will try to tell you he's a pro bowler or with the sealers that he's a pro bowler he's a average corner and uh, he would be a number two on maybe 15 or 16 other teams at best but you're looking at the rest of this group. Artie Burns, I, I, I didn't like the pick when it was made. I thought it was a real question mark. He became a really good feel-good story who got drafted a lot higher than he should have. Here's two guys raising his younger brothers. and I mean, it became a really good feel-good story, but the tape never warranted a first-round pick. And he, he, had, he was, I think he was pretty good last year, but this year he really... I've went, seen him in trade rumors. So if he was pretty good last year, last year then he's not in trade rumors. No, no, no. Well, I should say, no. You know, this saying, no. this season we just had, he was abysmal. I think the year before that, he was pretty good, uh, and that may be because they still had a a, a better front seven. Um, but I think I think he he's a problem. I think Sean Davis has another questionable pick. I didn't really get. He hasn't worked out the way they hoped. So you're basically counting on Morgan Burnett. Until Terrell Edmonds, which you already mentioned, was a pick that nobody understood. You're looking at Marcus Allen. You're hoping one of these guys steps up. So you're, you know, you're hoping that somebody's going to step up. And other than that, it's entirely coming from the outside with a team that has no cap room. So it's all going to be from the draft. And there's no question there's corner talent in this draft. But unless the Steelers have figured out internally what their problem is when it comes to drafting corners What's they're the going to be in this in secondary in general they're going to be they're going to be in a tough spot and it's not going to get better and you know as the browns get better this becomes an easier position to exploit obviously in the first matchup a tyrod was bad b it was in that monsoon thing and c desmond harrison was awful uh and then d they got very little help on the other side in that game from Hubbard, who got taken taken to town by uh, T.J. Watt in that game. Well, I mean, it didn't help that Tyrod Taylor was breaking the pocket and running into sacks yes, either. But sacks yeah, him, I mean, there was it, a nice was, combo. <laughs> it was a replay of the year before with Deshaun Kaiser, where both guys just insisted on handing them any number of sacks. Um, so, secondary-wise, they've got a big problem, and they may they they can mask it against the Bengals, even la- although la- this past year. 
you know, at the end, they they tried to give that one away. They can hide that secondary against the Ravens. The way the Browns are going, they cannot hide the secondary against Baker Mayfield. He will exploit it. Freddie Kitchens will exploit it. So uh, Monkin will help exploit it. Right. So as long as they can get that the defensive line blocked, the Steelers' defense, unless they make some big moves that are correct, and that doesn't mean trading up and doing all – it just means being good – uh, to to address this back seven, back eight, they have a real problem in a matchup against the Browns. They're basically going to have to tell Ben Roethlisberger and company, we have to outscore them, and that's going to be more difficult with all the issues they're having unless they have a real come-to-Jesus moment with uh, Brown and, and, and Roethlisberger and everybody gets on the same page and focused. And, they can, and even then, it's not going to be a gimme, but at least at that point, you can certainly see the path where the Steelers are better than the Browns. Yeah, and in and the reverse thing, and I'll, you know, I'll put the twist to it here, is if they go 6-10, and 10, that's it. Ben ain't doing this nonsense anymore for that. He's not going to do it you know, to no. take it back from 6-10 and 10 to bring it back from there. And you know, that's where it's – I mean, and that's how you get the – Which, by the uh, way, what are they going to do about quarterback? You, you cannot tell me Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, and or uh, oh, what's the kid's name in Tennessee? I forgot about him already. Josh Dobbs. There it is. Neither one of those looks like they can play dead. And maybe they'll get a lot better in this off season. And maybe they'll continue to get better. And and but right now, I'm looking at post Ben is is and post Tomlin. By the way, that ain't gonna last once he's gone. Is you know, this is going to be a Bubby Brister-like era, and, and maybe you're hoping at, at best for Neil O'Donnell. And right now they're not prepared for either one. So, you know, this is probably not the clash for them to go get that guy, but they've got to figure out something. Yes, yes, they do. And, um, look, I mean, this is not the year to address it, but, you know, maybe, you know, and I, I what did I see, Blake Bortles' name? And yeah, go ahead, have it, guys. Go ahead, sign Blake Bortles. Knock, knock your socks off. Guys, locked on Browns here. Uh, Pete Smith and I were breaking down the AFC North here, and you know, given the state of the union on the opponents and what should be all signs pointing forward to you know hopefully a Browns 2019. Um, locked on NFL One Network, guys. Um, anything you need uh, is pumped through Instagram accounts, the Twitter accounts. So the Locked On NFL Net accounts on Instagram, Twitter, guys. Uh, you probably should be following those. Uh, get everything you need from us here at the network. So go ahead, check those out. Pete, that brings us here to the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, it kind of started promising last year. It was straight fool's gold. Um, you know, A.J. Green, look, that's not debatable. If A.J. Green comes back 100% healthy, guy's a stud. Um, it was nice to see Tyler Boyd step up. Um, Mixon had some moments, but you know, hired a new coach, this, that, and the other thing. It all starts at quarterback. Um, at least... The other three teams in this division know what they're going with at QB1. And Cincinnati, hey, you want to run with Andy Dalton? I think the other three teams in this division will, I mean, if you want some extra money to give them an extension, everybody will chip in. But offensively here for the Cincinnati Bengals, it all starts under center. And this has been the issue. It's They've always been good enough. And then this year, it just wasn't. And you know, and, and I, I still go back to that post-game show we did. When uh, you know, the Browns went into Cincinnati, beat the daylights out of them, bro. There's a loose ball, and there's a 300-pound guy coming at you. Just let him have it. You know, don't you know? Don't risk you know your livelihood. And Andy Dalton did it. I mean, even if he starts Week One, there better be somebody 
to threaten by the second quarter of week one. Because the Andy Dalton era, you've seen what you've seen, and it's not going to get you anywhere if we're going to start there with Cincinnati. Yeah, Cam Newton in the Super Bowl is pointing at Andy Dalton and going, see, see, that's why I didn't go for it. Um, uh, The Bengals are fascinating for a couple reasons. Their ownership made the the decision uh, to the, the joy of many Bengals fans to not only move on, from uh, the, Marvin Lewis, who has been an institution there, and and if you're a Bengals fan, as excited you are, you know, looking at it from the outside, I'd be worried that you're headed to Bruce Coslett days again. Um, but they they gave some hope by not going the route that a lot of people thought they were going to go, which is hiring one of those guys. Uh, one of his assistants, and everybody here was obviously hoping it was going to be Hugh Jackson. Um, they they could have gone with Vance Joseph. They went completely off the off the radar and went with a guy that uh, a guy that has talked to Sean McVay. Uh, so he's the golden child at this point. In, in in a guy who obviously is familiar with Cincinnati. Uh, and after the Super Bowl, he's lucky that he still had the contract. Um, apparently, that Titanic signed. <laughs> right, and then uh, you know he was at the University of Cincinnati, so he he's local. He's you know he, they may have some juice a little bit from that. Um, but the, the the question is, how far out of Mike Brown's comfort zone are they going to go with this? If 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 he's really like committed to making a big change, and isn't going to fall into the familiar trappings, and the familiar trappings would be Andy Dalton is our guy make it work if they get to 11th pick and he's still on the board and i don't know if he will be but i'd be fascinated to see what happens if the Bengals are on the clock and dwayne haskins is there because with andy dalton you have a guy that could legitimately sit uh could keep dwayne haskins on the bench andy dalton is not a savior but he's functional in a way that you can get through a season with him that would be an ideal situation for the Bengals and Haskins. He gets to sit. They get a potential franchise quarterback who needs to sit and learn. And they have a guy who, at least by you know what the Bengals are hoping, is here to develop a quarterback. That could be great. Now, the, other fl- the flip side of that is if Mike Brown goes Mike Brown, the Bengals are going to take an offensive lineman because that's the other major weakness – for this Bengals offense, they have Jake Fisher and Cedric Aboye who have been unable to become anything. They started Bobby Hart last year, who was dreadful. <laughs> Cordy Glenn was a trade, and, and I think a, a good one for them. They brought back Andre Smith out of desperation at the end. Billy Price did not have the rookie they were hoping for. I certainly wouldn't say you know he's he's a disaster or anything. I think he can be a functional quality center for them. Their guards are pretty good. If they're smart, they're going to start Christian Westerman at one of those guards. But Clint Bowling is a good player. Um, that's the the other way they have to go because the other other need the other biggest need for the Bengals on offense is luck with health, maybe a new medical staff because AJ Green went down. Tyler Boyd, who should have been in, in in the Pro Bowl, he had a fantastic season, uh, went down at the end. Uh, they lost, obviously, uh, they lost Dalton. 
I think Mixon got dinged up a little bit. They've got Giovanni Bernard who's had health issues. In a world where they have even average quarterback play, A.J. Green at health, Tyler Boyd at health, Joe Mixon, they've got some other interesting players. C.J. Ozuma is a, is a nice player. Um, Tyler Eifert, his health issues are well documented. Tyler Croft has been pretty solid. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons. The problem is that for Andy Dalton to look good, he has to have the best of the best. And that becomes a little difficult because as good as those guys are, they aren't going to, you know, drag Dalton to, you know, the playoffs on their own. But the biggest problem they've had is they couldn't block and they couldn't protect them. That has to be their major priority other than if they're going to other than if they're going to be brave and go for quarterback. Uh, And I don't know if there's a guy that quite warrants it. What they stand out as the guy, if everybody basically decides there's no offensive tackle that's the consensus worth this pick, they stand out as the team that would take the, the top guy, whether you believe it's a guy like Juwan Taylor from Florida or, you know, the kid from Washington State, uh, Andre Dillard, yep. or one of those guys. And and the other part of this is is, you know, certainly it's different with Marvin Lewis out of town, but the Bengals have ha- had a type. They like the big hefty lineman, so I don't think there's a chance in hell they would even look at a guy like Jonah Williams. Um, but if he does get out uh, of free agency, the guy onto the market, the guy who I do think they would like is Greg Robinson um, as a potential fit. But yeah, offensively, they they're obviously going to try to address more weaponry and stuff like that. But it's blocking and it's quarterback for them. It's in and and look, I mean, we, we the Andy Dalton thing has run its course. Um, does Zach Taylor say, "Look, I, I want everything to get a quarterback"? Do they possibly trade up, and you know, even if they do still start Dalton and just you know slowly progress to whoever their guy is? Um, it, 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 we can beat around this bush here, and everybody can say, "Oh, well, this quarterback class isn't that great." It's not going to stop anything. There's going to be three to four quarterbacks drafted top fifteen, regardless. That's just the way it works in the need for the position, especially the teams who don't have quarterbacks are usually the teams who added new head coaches. Um, we're going to flip it to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, linebacking core, abysmal. Um, defensive line, I mean, I, I can't even. I mean, it was just, I mean, watching Baker in the play action, it was it was a stinking joke. Um, and obviously, if you can't cover playmaker, you know, Darren Fells, and you get two touchdown receptions against them, you know, you, know you have your issues. Um, you know, cornerback-wise, you know, Jackson's obviously a nice player. Uh, you know, uh, the kid out of Wake Forest had a, uh, you know, Bates had a nice rookie season, but there's, there's holes here too. I mean, you need an entire new linebacking core and more, but go ahead, Pete. No, you hit on the major issue. Their linebackers suck. Perfect uh, <laughs> came back and he was like the guy who it's like, now he's like, now he's like the big bad wolf who's been neutered. Um, they've removed his teeth. Um, they somehow took the, the poison out of him. He doesn't have rabies anymore. He was just a guy who ran his mouth, but just absolutely 110% sucked to the point where a trainer's helping him off the field, and he's pushing the trainer around and smacking the trainer. Like, what the hell did the trainer do? You suck, dude. I just got to get your ass off the field because that's what I'm paid to do. Yeah, the, the Bengals are a linebacking core away from being a really good defense, uh, and this has been the case for how many years? <laughs> I mean, it, and this it, might not, be, but also this might not be the year to do it because you know the Bengals are cheap. Even if there's guys in free agency, they're cheap. Um, you know, obviously, everybody loves to pencil in Devin White to him there, but if you want to give him Devin White at 11, that's fantastic. 
you, you still ain't got a quarterback, you still ain't got other needs, but God. Right. And, you know, <laughs> that, exactly. they could they could go that route, but it's just, you know, it feels very reactionary. And if I'm not mistaken, they still have not been able to hire a defensive coordinator, right? Um, well, let's see. Um, uh, I, I Don Capers turned it down. They had another guy turn it down. No, uh, well, a USC guy, Jacksonville coach. Oh, help me out. Jack Del Rio. There yeah, you go. Del Rio. Yeah, nah, I'm, not, I'm good. So that's a scary situation because that team is not without talent. Now, unfortunately for them, some of it's starting to get older. Uh, but Geno Atkins, you know, the second the Bengals don't want him. I would, you know, plug him in. He's one of the best in the league. He's just been largely playing in obscurity because of how the Bengals are. Andrew Billings has been a nice story after coming back from what feels like 17 knee injuries. He's he's a f- absolute beast in the weight room. Um, like, just special in terms of how strong he is. Uh, but, you know, similar to like Courtney Brown was, you know, he, he just – embarrassingly strong but his body just has not been able to avoid getting getting dealing with injuries uh courtney Brown's obviously didn't happen until he got to the nfl but andrew billings has been dealing with it since baylor when he's on the field when he's functioning he's, he's an outstanding nose tackle their secondary is very good now part of the reason is they've they've invested about 17 first round picks on corners uh and they're still working through them they they have guys that can work. You know, Drake Kirkpatrick is fine. Darquez Dernard is is fine. J- William Jackson the third, very very good. Absolutely. Um, linebackers the deal. Uh, yeah, I, I mean again, certainly they could go eleventh pick on that. I, I and if they do, it'd be very reactionary to me to to try to overfill that hole. Uh, and and certainly it could be great. Uh, hopefully it works. If they go that route, it works out better than Keith Rivers did, and that <laughs> might be enough to sort of scare them off because this is Mike Brown and this is kind of how he works. Revisionist history. Uh, uh, that that you know this this was burned once, so never again. Um, but yeah, that that's their big issue, and you know part of the reason. And I, obviously, I did a mock draft, and I gave T.J. Hawkinson the Browns who I love, but part of the reason was I was scanning the AFC North and, you know, with the exception of CJ Mosley, the AFC North linebackers are terrible. Uh, And it just seemed like an easy way to sort of exploit them to just keep adding these guys and and safeties, you know, the the Bengals have safeties, the Ravens have safeties, uh, the Steelers don't. So it just seemed like an easy way to attack division guys. You're going to see twice a year play to your division. Uh, in addition to the other advantages, as but just they have to completely overhaul the entire group. Uh, they're getting nothing out of any the the one guy that I think could be interesting, and he's another guy on this team that, that had injuries was Malik Jefferson. He could be a guy that could potentially help, but overall, it's it's largely flush out everybody. And the, the problem is, uh, uh, I'm assuming Devontae's perfect is still on his contract, and being the, the Bengals, they don't, they if don't. They bring him back. Of, if they bring him back, they're freaking insane. But that's, and again, this this goes to the ultimate Bengals question: Mike Brown. Can Mike Mike Brown avoid being Mike Brown? You know, they, they knew Jake Fisher and Cedric Boy weren't going to work. They play. They brought them back to to make sure they got to the end of the contract. 
Or okay. and, and, <laughs> and, and, with Bobby Hart. Yeah, and and uh, you know, with Perfect, I think it's the same thing. And, and I'm a guy who loved Perfect uh, coming out. I love the way he played. I I thought, you know, he does an unbelievable amount of dumb shit. But part of the thing is, I always felt like he was the the Pittsburgh Steeler on the Bengals who gets called for everything the Steelers didn't. Yep. Uh, and and he would have if he was a Steeler, he'd be a legend. Uh, but he's just between injuries and suspensions and everything else he's just he's just not who he was you've got to be able to pull off the band-aid with these guys and move on but the the problem with the Bengals ultimately have on defense is as as good as their defense can be can they avoid they they have to have a successful draft if for no other reason if they if they can't address linebackers and stuff like that this year then chances are next year they're going to have to be making a big investment on the defensive line again as guys like Dunlap and Michael Johnson and those guys simply are are, are not going to be either they're going to age out or they're going to have contracts come up and the Bengals aren't going to pay them. Uh, Michael Johnson, not very good, but uh, Carlos Dunbeck is, is a terrific player. But he's going to at some point you know, get one last big contract from somebody else. Obviously, they drafted Sam Hubbard, uh, who he had a pr- pretty productive rookie year. Jordan Willis is a player I think could be a good player. Defensive tackles, depth-wise, they've got very little. So they have to be successful in order to avoid running into a major hole. And if you're Zach Taylor, that major hole could potentially cost you your job, even though with the Bengals you'll get every opportunity. Uh, but just – putting yourself behind the eight ball so early that they need to be successful or they're going to run into a bunch of problems. But the problem is, is they are the fourth fiddle in this division. And right now there's no answers at quarterback. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in on another veteran quarterback to at least have something else in the room if they do not go that route in the draft. Um, but it's, A lot of people linking them to Ryan Tannehill. I know Ben Albright's been yeah. Well, I mean, look, on that. If Ben speaks, that's fine. And, you know, but... I mean, it's, you know, is it maybe an upgrade over? Maybe. Maybe it is. Um, I, I don't know. If it's, it's certainly not enough to change what looks like the fourth best team in the division. So we'll close it out here with this, Pete. Here we are, pre-combine, pre-free agency, pre-draft. Your 2019 predicted order of finish in the AFC North. This is tough because, it, it, like, dead last is easy. The Bengals are going to finish dead last. We know who the floor is. There's no doubt about it. It's this really comes down to two things. Do you believe the Steelers can get their stuff sorted out enough that they can function? And do you believe in Lamar Jackson's development enough that they're going to manage to figure this out where he they can be really effective again? So for me, I'm going to say that the Browns are going to win the division. I'm going to say that the Ravens are going to finish. Oof. I will say the Ravens finished third. I think they're going to take a slight step back. Uh, and Which I will maybe say, for their greater good, because you need to develop Lamar Jackson. But go ahead. And then I, I will say that the, the Steelers will finish second. The thing is, I don't think that the, the AFC North will have a wild card this coming year. They will I think, not. I, I think I think you're going to you're going to end up with like a Steelers. Maybe nine and seven on the outside looking in. The Ravens with an eight and eight, maybe a seven and nine looking in. 
on the outside looking in, and then the Bengals could, you know, if they if they don't address these things effectively, or they run into another year of major injuries, it could go from being a potentially a six and ten top end, maybe they get to seven and nine, to we're talking three and thirteen, yeah, to yeah. they're in dead last. And I think the Browns, you know, obviously haven't done anything yet. But I do think the Browns are going to be a, a, an 11 and 5, 10 and 6 team. Uh, you know, th- this all has fingers crossed, knocking on wood. You know, <laughs> nothing major injury wise happens that derails them, but they are in the position to take, uh, they, they are in the best position out of any of the four teams to go from where they were, which is 7, 8, and 1. And most people believe they, they, if they had. You know, functional coaching from the beginning of the year, they would have been nine better and seven. than that. They would have been nine and seven. That they are in the best position to take what they did last year and take a step forward. The other teams in the division feel like they are either going to take a step back or find a way to basically stay where they were, uh, and that's tricky because obviously the Browns come with pressure and they need to welcome that pressure, but. It doesn't feel like you're going to see either any of the other three teams take a big step forward, and if they do take a step back, the Browns should be able to take that division. Uh, I won't say comfortably; it'll still be difficult. But they should be able to beat the Bengals twice. They should be able to, at very least, split with the Ravens and yep. the Steelers. And if you're looking at coming out of the division four and two. You're in a good spot to to be successful. Well, and then you're playing the AFC East, so you're figuring maybe that you should at worst go three and one. But I do agree with you. Bengals on the floor. I'm going to flip flop it though. I will put the Steelers in the three hole. Um, I I, I just don't know Antonio Brown's going to be back, and, and even if he is back, it may not be the best thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, maybe it's better to go with the rest of the young guys. Look, um, you know Ben Rivers, Eli Manning. Th- th- those three, it- it's going to be over soon enough. Um, the Giants here, and I watch it, and okay, well maybe we don't need quarterback, and it, you know they're delusional in that dysfunction. Um, ben, I, I just you know to say he's going to keep stringing it together, it's a big question mark in that point. So I will put them third. Um, the Ravens putting them second, and maybe putting Pittsburgh third is for me. It's saying that Baltimore is going to do the right thing and say. We're going to let this kid go out and develop, and you know, there's ways that he will be truly dynamic in this game if they let him do that. So that's interesting. But I agree. 11 and 5, 12 and 4, you have the cap space that pretty much nobody else in this division has. You have 11 draft picks. They will never draft 11 guys, but it also allows you to maybe take the seven best guys in the top five rounds. Everything should be pointing here towards a Browns division title in 2019. There's just no way avoiding it. Um, guys, it's been a fun episode here. We'll probably revisit this probably, you know, post-free agency, you know, post the draft. Obviously, these are things, you know, I, this is where it comes down to. You know, you want to go 4-2, and 5-1 within your division and, you know, set up everything else from there. Um, Pete Smith, guys, obviously, you know, with uh, free agency, the combine, all that stuff, draft work, you're going to get uh, continued stuff pumped out through his, uh, you know, obviously through NFL spin zone and all the work he does over there. The Locked On Browns Twitter account. We keep it follow back, guys. Do me a favor. Go ahead and do that for me. At Jeff underscore Lloyd. I'm sorry, at Jeff LJ underscore L Lloyd. Do me a favor. Follow me over there. Um, guys, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.